A man in New York City is claiming that he recently found a half-smoked joint in his Popeye's chicken sandwich. Well, at least we know the chicken was having a good time when it died. Um, the text line continues to react to my theory. So the impeachment hearings are going on today. Well, I hadn't heard. And we are uh, going to bring you highlights, so that has been difficult to do. Uh, one, because there's nothing new that is, uh, has been said that if you were into this, you hadn't already heard. And two, they're, they're kind of, um, they're not, uh, they're not made for broadcast, um, speeches so far. Right. They're long, methodical. Yeah. Laying out a case. And I was making the argument that, I think if you want to sway public opinion, you need to get broadcasters involved or entertainment people involved and try to make them punchier and, and more uh, media friendly and that you'd get more attention and, and sway people better than that. And some people are horrified by that idea, including Joe. We got this text. Indeed. I'm with Joe. We don't need BuzzFeed running the impeachment. I don't want somebody to say five things you suspected about Trump and one that will blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, to me, that's the echo chamber. Once the hearings are done, then their job is to craft something entertaining and, and persuasive and the rest of it. The the Boy, so then your side is at the mercy of your cable news channel, because each side has their own cable news channels, and how good a job they do of Correct. putting the information out. Well, right, right, yeah. At least the record exists, though. You can go back to the complete, slow, deliberate record of, of what was said and what happened. Not that many people will, but at least it's there in theory. I want bullet points and sound bites. Oh, Lord, I think that's the worst idea ever. Well, how about this idea? Well, you know what? A quick side, quick uh, behind-the-scenes meeting in the show here. We have principles around here. We certainly do. And uh, and goals and, and, and just needs and the rest of it but primary one thing we never overlook is what are you folks going to think of it i mean if it's the right thing to do but it's so incredibly off-putting and off-putting and horrible that everybody tunes out well then that's probably not something we're going to do well there's been a rash of crimes involving bums and junkies it's become incredibly dangerous in los angeles in particular and disgusting in various uh, bummy cities around america especially the west coast a woman was just attacked in Los Angeles, dragged out of her car, thrown into the middle of the street, and had a bucket of something poured on her. But it's so horrifying, I almost don't want to bring it to you. But this happened. This isn't made up. It's true. Here's By some homeless she, people? She says the word that we may be dancing around, but it's her, it's her experience. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was clearly a crazy person. Um, well, we'll just listen to her. A bucket of his diarrhea. It was liquid, hot liquid. I was soaked, and I couldn't see it was coming off of my eyelashes. It's something I won't ever forget. It was, I mean, it was disgusting. It was awful. And it changed my life. Attacked, dragged out of her car, and has a bucket. Oh, Lord. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Of diarrhea poured upon her. God, that is awful. The man who attacked her was apprehended. This poor gal uh, already has serious PTSD uh, symptoms. 
that they're going to have to deal with aggressively. That is so gross. And um, and obviously, immediate medical concerns. you got to get checked for all kinds oh. of things. Oh, my gosh. She, she has gotten her eyes or face. She's having monthly screens to make sure, sure. that things hadn't get, gotten into her system that shouldn't be. Right. The man who attacked yeah, her identified in court records as Jerry Blessings, G-E-R-E, was charged with battery and taken to jail. He was described as a transient with schizophrenia and psychotic disorders. We must do better. Sent by a judge to a residential facility for people with mental health issues. Um, don't judge and those then people. Released. Don't by judge the way, this happened a while back. The guy's been released. He is. He's out. Of yes. course, of course, man, man, that makes sense. That guy should be out on the street. And you're judging these people. You're prejudging these people. If you're yeah. if you're scared in your car or you're scared walking down the sidewalk and you look at some of these people, that says more about you than them, right? You're judging these people. That's right. That's what the activists will tell you at your city council meeting. So just be prepared for it. Don't be cowed by it. Go ahead and respond to them. You're out of your mind. You're a crazy person. That's the single grossest thing I've ever heard in my life, and I've heard some pretty gross things. These, the uh, uh, ironically named Mr. Blessings is now back in the community, which worries the victim. She says, I will never, ever forget his face. What's the next thing he's going to do to somebody? If he would have had a knife for sure, he would have stabbed oh, yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is, right. this is like the, uh, the San Francisco. The guy who beat down that woman outside her apartment tried to beat down the security guard gal who came out bravely to try to help. He was released the next day by a judge who said, yeah, we'll just let him go. And the district attorney in San Francisco didn't bring out his priors and his history. And there's a new, even more radical district attorney just got elected as the the people of San Francisco, at least the activist voters, turned out and doubled down. On the utopian, bum-laden, diseased policies of the recent past. So, this, so that experiment, man, that's going to go to the wall. So the guy with the bucket of D, uh, how long was he in jail? Do we have any idea? How long was he in custody? You know, that is a good question. I don't know how long he was in that mental health facility. It was two a, months. Yeah, two months. It was, it was, I was going to say about, around six weeks is what I was reading. And uh, right. do they say he's better now? or? Well, I don't know specifically. It's not included in this news account with a specific uh, rationale turning him loose. I suspect they got him on his meds. He was responding. He seemed fine. Right. And then, I mean, I don't I don't know the answer to the people that are mentally ill. I have no idea what you do with that. It's, it's complicated and difficult. I don't hate this guy for being schizophrenic. It's horrible. Horrible. But that doesn't mean he should be on the street. It is horrible. And grown-ups sometimes have to do things that make them sad. And that's what the utopian crowd cannot do. They cannot stomach. They don't understand that. This poor son of a bitch has a terrible disease. And he's dangerous. We need to help him with his disease and keep him from hurting people, even though it's incredibly unfortunate that he is suffering from this disease. Was he diagnosed schizophrenic? Is that oh, what yeah, said, he's got or? a history of terrible mental problems. Yeah. Of course, a lot of the people with the mental problems on the street, I know people like this, they have mental problems because they did so many drugs, their brain doesn't work right anymore. True. Yeah, you can give yourself schizophrenia. You can make yourself crazy. And that's what a lot of people you see on the street, I think, okay, that guy's, that person's crazy. This person's screaming at the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. I see them every day. Every day, no exaggeration. If you, if you live somewhere where you don't see that every day, this is what it's like in some parts of the country. I see people like that every day. And I think that person did so many drugs, they made themselves crazy. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do with them? There's no fix in their freaking brain. They ruined it. Right. I don't know what you do with them. Nice uh, penal colony.
Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lock them up forever. Their brains are ruined. Their brains are never going to be okay. Right. Well, and again, this gets back to the sometimes adults have to do things that make them sad. You are continually choosing between honest, hardworking, law-abiding families with kids who are just trying to live their lives or the dangerous, crazy people. I know it makes you sad that the dangerous, crazy people aren't going to have happy lives living in freedom, but they can't. We've tried that. It's horrific. It's terrible. What you used the phrase? You said it's it's difficult or whatever. It's beyond difficult. It's it's near impossible. I don't know what we to do to figure out the how, policies for the mental illness. How to handle yeah. it's, it's near the impossible. Ill, yeah. I've got a child who's mentally ill. In the last twenty four hours, I've been in contact with three therapists, a psychiatrist, and a medical doctor, trying to take care of that with the problems that we're having. Right. Sp- with with no limit on how much money I'm willing to spend or time I'm willing to put on it. That's for one person. How are you going to deal with these people who've got nobody? I just It's it's impossible. Yeah. I honestly don't know what the answer is, other than you've got to get them off the street for the safety of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Unfair? Sure. Well, it's... I don't know what else you're going to do, though. It, it's, it's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. But, you know, I don't know that it's unfair. It just... And and I'm I'm more familiar than a lot of you with the sins of the past in uh, treating the mentally ill. There are a lot of sins. There are a lot of regrettable things and and things that well they make you sick. But we need to keep trying. the The answer in the modern age is all this stuff is so ugly and difficult. I'm not even going to try. I am going to just let these people uh, hurt other people and themselves. Because I don't want to be the agent of doing something unpleasant. We did, opening this, up the mental hospitals, the rest of it. This does add an extra layer to it, and I don't know if we've ever addressed it from this angle before on the whole mentally ill thing. Is uh, and we get we got several texts as soon as I brought that up from people. One of these people I know from their texting history that they have a uh, a background in this. Many people are diagnosed with schizophrenic schizophrenia due to meth use that's a common diagnosis for people that do meth yeah what do you do with somebody who made the choice in their life for whatever reason to become a meth addict or start doing meth you don't choose to be an addict you know what i'd like to do i'd like to be an addict i have an Um, idea honey um but who's made themselves schizophrenic due to meth use yeah how much compassion do i need to have for that person I mean, on the Jesus level, I should have compassion for anybody who's down on their luck. What if they stab a gal? But as a society, do I need to allow them to be on the street at all and have any freedoms or rights at all? They need to be locked up. What's your other choice as a society? Right. You've done enough meth. You've made yourself crazy. Sorry, you're done with uh, your freedom now. And listen, I got to jump in. By locked up, we mean in a compassionate, enlightened healthy way where they're treated and, 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 you know, not locked up like Bedlam, the infamous uh, mental asylum of, of old. Um, but yeah, kept away from people who they could hurt there. You know, it's funny how, how societies veer back and forth. And I've said it many times. I will continue to, maybe I'll have them put it on my gravestone, except I don't expect to have a gravestone just to cremate me and shoot me into space. Anyway, okay, um, Elon Musk, if you're listening, um, there are times when societies are order without compassion, and that's, you know, fascism. It's brutality. And then it veers toward, like the San Francisco model, the Seattle model, compassion without order, which turns into chaos, ugliness, and people getting hurt. 
Um, and then it will veer back, I'm sure, at some point. But right now we're at the the uh, compassion without order stage, and it's it's horrible. It's ugly. Anyway, here's hoping you don't have a bucket of hot diarrhea poured on you today. Poor gal. Jeez, Louise, she'll be terrified of whatever disease she might have for years. That's rough. Um, I'd say it's rough. If anything exciting. If that ain't rough, what is? Yeah, no kidding. If anything is exciting or interesting or new has happened in the impeachment hearings, you'll hear it next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Impeachment uh, hearings today and the testimony so far from ambassadors and diplomats and that sort of stuff. And it's um, it's, it's long form stuff, man. Trust us on this. Long and detailed. And yeah. they're trying to make a case. And uh, and what have we gleaned so far? Well, I tell you what, uh, and this is repeating a couple of things that I've been saying now for weeks. But if Trump goes down or is damaged, it's because he trusted Rudy Giuliani. Rudy will be the name writ large on the sins that bring down Trump, whether they bring him down or not, really. His big problem was he trusted Rudy Giuliani, who was ooching around the Ukraine, making deals with oligarchs, then getting in Trump's ear. Hello, I got a voice in my ear. Um, and, and listen, you can't or you have to blame Donald Trump for trusting the wrong people if he trusted the wrong people. But I think... Rudy is at the root of all of this, getting in Trump's ear and urging him to do like to get rid of that ambassador lady uh, based on false pretenses. And Trump trusted Rudy. Um, You know, we'll see how this all plays out. But it reminds me. So this is a story from uh, the Watergate uh, impeachment situation. And uh, G. Gordon Liddy was actually one of the burglars, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. And he, it was a black bag job. G. Gordon Liddy, if you ever heard him, he had a radio show for a long time, and that's what he talked like. Yeah. But anyway, a story that he tells because he was he was just he followed orders. He did what he was told. And some and, and this guy from the Washington Post was writing bad articles about the whole impeachment thing and doing damage to the White House. Ah, and somebody said Jack Anderson, right? And somebody said to G. Gordon Liddy, We need you to take you need to need you to somehow take care of Jack Anderson. And G. Gordon Liddy gets up and walks, starts to walk out of the room. And they said, where are you going? And G. Gordon Liddy said, I'm going to kill Jack Anderson. <laughs> and I wonder if Rudy. Well, and they said, wait, no, no, no we didn't mean no, kill him. No. We meant write him a letter and tell him. That- <laughs> and I wonder if Rudy is that sort of thing where Trump said to Rudy Giuliani, I need you to get the Ukrainians to get dirt on Biden. And he just walked out the door and was willing to, you know, break as many eggs and, and as, as he needed to to get that to happen with no with no finesse or nuance or anything. Right. Just uh, just right. ham handedly over the top. Who knows? You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. So Trump gets mad about people attacking him and the rest of it. And he also gets mad. I mean, this is unimpeachable uh, and unimpeachable assertion right here. He gets mad at the bias in the media. It makes him crazy. And he sees the whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Burisma thing not getting any attention, even as his sins or imaginary sins are bandied about in the media all the time. And so Trump gets hot to trot on this. I get that. 
And and then Rudy runs roughshod, I think, and did things that, uh, again, could scar Trump or bring him down. I'm reminded, uh, one, of the, one of the best things Bill Clinton ever said in one of his speeches, somebody wrote it for him, obviously, but was, uh, there's nothing wrong with America that cannot be fixed by what is right with America. <sighs> and I thought that was a pretty interesting phrase, and I actually used that on one of my children who's who's had some struggles in life. Um, there's There's nothing you're doing wrong that can't be overcome by your qualities because you're a great person, blah, blah, blah. So it's good, you know, pep talk. Um, I'm not sure that what is right with Donald Trump can surmount the mistakes. Hmm. And I think mistake number one was trusting Rudy Giuliani to go do the right thing in Ukraine. But we'll we'll see. So the, 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 they're doing the opening statements right now. That's why they're so long and detailed. The question and answer, when it comes, I think there's going to be more audio for us to play, would be my guess. Right. It'll be much more condensed. And facts. partisan. Yeah. And partisan as you go from Republican to Democrat. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Yes, Rudy's name is being writ large in the impeachment hearings, and we've got an update coming to you from Hong Kong, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's um, it could be the day or the week in Hong Kong that China says, all right, enough. Yeah. Also, I feel bad for Facebook. They made a little mistake. Their iPhone app is secretly using your camera as you scroll. Oh, really? It was just a little mistake Mark made. He's sorry. Senator, we'll have our people get back to you. I want to hear that. So uh, here in the Armstrong and Getty Show, we got a many team members, Sean and and uh, and senior producer Hanson, and various people watching the entire impeachment proceedings, trying to dig out any um, you know short clips that would be good. Yeah, I I wish I had time to watch the entire thing, just because you're if you're a foreign policy geek, it's kind of fun uh, and and interesting. It's like a master class in foreign policy. Um, but having said that, uh, there was a. An exchange that happened a minute or two ago that we wanted to play for you, and we can supply a bit of context. Uh, Marshall, the news is going to be a little informal here. We'll just go ahead, dip go ahead. in and out. But yeah. Go ahead. Hit that. This is, uh, is this Ambassador Taylor? Yes. Okay, fire away. In the same July 19th phone call, they gave me an account of a July 10th meeting with Ukrainian and American officials at the White House. They told me that partway through the meeting, Ambassador Sondland had connected investigations with an Oval Office meeting for President Zelensky, which so irritated then-National Security Advisor John Bolton that he abruptly ended the meeting, telling Dr. Hill and Lieutenant Colonel Vindman that they should have nothing to do with domestic politics. He also directed Dr. Hill to brief the lawyers. Dr. Hill said that Ambassador Bolton referred to this deal as a, this is a drug deal. So the reason I think that's significant is when Bolton shows up, he is going to absolutely bring the thunder. Part of the reason for that is he's a hardcore hawk. He's an America first guy. He despises Putin, despised the Soviet Union. And as he may not like Trump at this point. Well, right. And as he's trying to give a big, hard, stiff arm to Vlad Putin there in Ukraine, his perception, according to this testimony, is that what his efforts were being weakened by this whole well we'll help you out but you got to announce this uh investigation so 
when Bolton shows up, if he shows up, I have a feeling it's going to be red-faced and yelling. That's not known yet, is it, that Bolton's going to testify? No. No, he's, he's, he's got the, the lawyers and judges looking at it. He's right going to let the court decide whether right. or not he should show up. Right. Okay. Well, that'll be exciting probably next week if it happens. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips. Well, meanwhile, as all this is unfolding, Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is saying she is sad because the country has reached a point where oh, President stop with the Trump fake claims of being sad, you witch. Oh, that that whole routine. Where it's pre- just it, it it hurts me. I was hoping Trump would have a successful long career as president, and we it were just all is painful. rooting for him. <laughs> She's a witch! Speaking at the Capitol, Pelosi said, as custodians of the Constitution, it is their responsibility as members of Congress to keep the Republic our founding fathers created functioning and functioning well. Meanwhile, you got the uh, former White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon saying that Pelosi's impeachment strategy is working very, very well. Democrats are so united in this, and, and I, look, I disagree with her ideologically, but I think Nancy Pelosi is a master of political warfare. And I think strategically what she has done here is, from their perspective, is quite brilliant. That's a guy who knows how to play dirty politics, recognizing a uh, skilled opponent. Yep. Nancy Pelosi is good. My side of politics has never had anybody as good as Nancy Pelosi, in my opinion. I feel like Steve Bannon is the sort of guy, it's like you get in a fight and you throw salt in his eyes. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't see the salt in the eyes coming. Good one. That's a good yeah. move. i got to remember that. <laughs> really burns. Really burns. Then he kicks you with his toe knife. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he hits you with a pillowcase full of cue balls. Right? Well, well, his toe knife. <laughs> well, uh, while Americans are concentrating on the impeachment hearings over in Hong Kong, authorities are warning that the city is on the brink of a total breakdown because of the ongoing anti-government protests. Now, the protests were really uh, strong last night yes. and have been for the last couple of days. I yes. mean, they really, a lot of, lot of destruction, that sort of stuff. Schools are closed. Shops are closed. People can't go to work. Right. So they're riots now. They're riots now. Yeah, yeah. But... Today's the day. I mean, it's going to get less news coverage than any other day if China cracks down. So you wonder if the uh, Chinese move in today? I just, they can't. Tonight in Hong Kong? I don't know, but I find it hard to believe that it's not part of the equation for them. I doubt that there are not people at the highest level paying attention to, you know, the media coverage that they would get. Who would not say, you know, they're pretty distracted with impeachment. I could see Xi Jinping saying... Look, we're a few weeks away from this big trade agreement. It's going to be pretty decent for us. Let's get that done. Then we move in and shoot 50,000 people. Okay. Uh, any questions, everybody? All right, we're good. Lunch. I mean, I could see him calculating it out like that easily. We all know that many Americans work when they're sick, but we get a new survey finds that, in fact, a vast majority come to work when they're sick. Yes, I always have and always will, because if you don't come to work when you're sick, you're not going to get ahead. Until that changes, people are going to come to work sick. That's my opinion. AccountTep talked to uh, 2,800 employees in more than uh, two dozen major cities and found more than 90% come to work when they are sick. I read this survey when it came out, and their description of sick includes a common cold. So you're going to stay home for a week, the three or four times a year you get a cold? No. No. Nobody's going to do that. And I know people who do, and they never get anywhere. Right. Sick days aren't for when you're sick. They're when you're trying to make a three-day weekend a four-day weekend. <laughs> when you got a concert to go to, I guess. <laughs> right. I've never done that, but I understand a lot of people do. 
Well, heads up, there might be a Friends reunion in the works. It could happen on HBO Max, AT&T's new streaming service that's set to debut what? next spring. AT&T Max. It's just replacing yeah. HBO, but it yeah. has some uh, Time Warner uh, properties okay. to it Too as well. Too many streaming so, yeah, services. It's just, yeah. it's just the new HBO that's going to come out. In Too many streams. Now, there are reports that the company's in negotiations with the cast for an unscripted special. So what does that mean? They all just kind of walk out on stage and hug yes. and say, God, it's It'll really good to be here. It'll be an enormous, silly cash grab. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a, a Survivor reunion show. Yes. Yeah. One last... Jim, that had to be really tough that day when they conspired against you. Well, I, I saw it coming, uh, but it was tough, yeah. Hey, Chandler, what was with all the weight fluctuation? <laughs> well, I was on drugs. Right. I'm a heroin addict. <laughs> One last note, Colin Kaepernick plans to audition for NFL teams on Saturday in a private workout arranged by the league. It'll be held in Atlanta. This is a very strange story. Yes, it is. I'm not sure we have time to tell it properly, but the league, which he sued and they settled and the Mm -hmm. rest of it, but they announced, and and he and his people didn't know it, they said, yeah, there's going to be a workout so teams can look at you this Saturday. And his people are like, well, okay, he's ready, but why a Saturday? That's when teams are... Aren't these things usually done on Tuesdays? Right. Well, Tuesday doesn't work. And and it's not clear at all if anybody's going to show up from the teams or whether they can. And Kaepernick's people are saying, what, what is the NFL doing? What are you people doing? Yeah. See, it's a little odd. Indeed, that's your news. I'm Marshall. He ought to be on a roster, though, unquestionably. He's a jackass, and he said a bunch of stupid stuff, and he ought to apologize for it. But in terms of football skill, he 100% ought to be on a roster. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So how do you want to proceed? I say random dip in. Are they they're, they're talking or are they on yep. a break? No, that guy's talking. First Republican? Or No, that's the council. Where Is that the council for shift that's speaking that right now? That's okay. got to be. assistance was conditioned on Ukraine announcing the investigations that the president wanted. And in particular, on September 9th of this year, you texted Ambassador Sondland and Volker, and the text message should be on the screen in front of you. And if you could read what you wrote. As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. What did you mean when you said you thought it was crazy? Ms. Coleman. <laughs> Insane, mentally ill. Uh, I meant. Unrealistic. That. The important, because of the importance of security assistance that we had just described and had a conversation with, with the chairman, because that was so important, that security assistance was so important for Ukraine as well as our own national interest, to withhold that assistance for no good reason other than help with the political campaign made no sense. It was, it was counterproductive to all of what we had been trying to do. Uh, it was illogical. It could not be explained. It was crazy. When you say all of what we were trying to do, what do you mean by we? I mean that the United States was trying to support Ukraine as a frontline state against Russian attack. And again, uh, the, the whole notion of a rules-based order was being threatened by the Russians in Ukraine. So our security assistance was designed to support Ukraine. That's it. It was not just the United States. It was all of our of our allies. 
Yes, uh, Ukraine was under threat from Russia and had been for several years, and nobody cared about it before this story, which I keep pointing out. Nobody right. cared. Nobody. The Obama administration didn't care. No. The media didn't care. All of a sudden, it's a high priority that Ukraine remains sovereign. But anyway, that aside. Right. The, good right. job by the lawyer. So this it's guy. sickening. You're right. You're, you're listening to uh, radio, so you can't see the dude, but man, does he look like a shark of a lawyer that they, uh, he looks like one of those guys that would just uh, gut you verbally. Oh, yeah. If you were ever in a situation yeah. against him. Young, just has that look. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, Washington, D.C. is to uh, that kind of guy as, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska is to strapping farm boys. I right, mean, right. they're everywhere. And you what got a, your pick of the litter. And what a great maneuver of having the ambassador read the text so you've got that yeah. soundbite that will be played on news shows all day long. Right. That the, He's understanding the game. Right. Yeah. Politics is so sickening. When the Ukrainians were begging, begging for help, and Russia, Russia was taking over chunks of their country and killing their people, the Obama administration said, nah, we'll give you blankets, we'll give you food, but no guns. It'd be we don't too wanna, provocative. Yeah, we don't want to provoke the Russians. We don't want to make Putin mad at us. Which is fine. That's a, that's a policy you either agree with or you don't. But I think no, it's a horrific policy. But, but nobody yeah. in the media cared. Right. Yeah. Um, Not so much. Well, and certainly the Democrats weren't howling at Obama to change his policy. Some were. A couple were. Um, but now, yeah, it's the worst thing in the world. I, I Honestly, I don't like what he's describing. I don't like it a bit. Um, the part that sickens me is that everybody swaps roles depending on who's in power and <laughs> and their principles. Um, they take him on and off like a jacket on a spring day. So we'll bring you a little more of this when we come back. If there's good stuff, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to bring you a little of the impeachment hearings that are going on right now because we think it gets to to some interesting stuff here. You have Ambassador They're Taylor. They're not impeachment hearings. They're just hearings. Sorry, yeah, but, I'm just going to keep saying that. You have Ambassador Taylor answering questions, and you've got the guy you're going to hear asking the question is the uh, Democrats hired gun, and I don't mean that pejoratively like that's a bad thing it's a staff attorney they they brought in a, a, a guy who's better at this than random congress people asking questions which would be really anyone <laughs> this guy happens to be very good at his job and i'm sure the republicans guy will be sharp too and i will tell you this listen there's a lot of heard that bothers me but i have sat on a couple of different juries where the uh, prosecution de- gets done with their case and you think Son of a bitch is going yeah. to jail. Here yep. we go. Yep. And then defense comes up, and 10 minutes later, you're thinking, oh. Right. Oh. Right. I've been through that before, too. I remember the OJ trial feeling that way. Yep. Um, but so the uh, the hired gun lawyer is about to ask Ambassador Taylor. So you think OJ was innocent? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> Uh, Ambassador Taylor had said something about Trump was trying to dig up dirt on political opponents, which sounds, I don't know, he, I, did he know that? Well, I guess I think we're about to find out. Here we go. When you reference help with a political campaign in this, in this text message, what did you mean? I meant that the investigation of Burisma and the Bidens um, was clearly identified by Mr. Giuliani in public for months um, as a way to get information on, on, the, on the two Bidens. 
And those, that investigation at the very least was mentioned by President Trump in the July 25th phone call with President Zelensky, is that right? As we now know, yes, I, yes, on, on September 25th, that transcript was released. Ambassador Taylor, in your decades of military service and, and diplomatic service representing the United States around the world, have you ever seen another example of foreign aid conditioned on the personal or political interests of the President of the United States? No, Mr. Goldman, I've not. Mr. Kent, that vital military assistance that was not the only thing that President Trump was withholding from Ukraine. What else was contingent on Ukraine initiating these investigations? Well, as we've talked earlier today, uh, the possibility of a White House meeting was being held contingent to an announcement. How important to President Zelensky was a White House meeting? New leaders, particularly countries that uh, are trying to uh, ha have good footing in the international arena, uh, see a meeting with the U.S. President in the Oval Office at the White House as, a, as the ultimate sign of endorsement and support from the United States. And president Zelensky was a relatively new president, is that right? That's correct. He was elected on April 21st, and his government uh, was formed after parliamentary elections in July. Would a White House meeting for President Zelensky boost his legitimacy as a new president in Ukraine? It would primarily boost his leverage to negotiate with Vladimir Putin about the Russian occupation of 7% of Ukrainian territory. Mr. Ken, is, is pressuring Ukraine to conduct what I believe you've called political investigations a part of U.S. foreign policy to promote the rule of law in Ukraine and around the world? It is Objection, not. your honor. Two-foot putt. Too easy. Mm. Obvious. Mm. Is uh, it in the national interest of the United States? Two, who are you? Shut up. In my opinion, it does not. <laughs> Why not? Because our policies, uh, particularly in promoting the rule of law, are designed to help countries, and in Eastern uh, Europe and Central Europe, uh, that is overcoming the legacy of communism. I've, I've got to let this go, obviously. And if, if Trump did something, you know, you know, for personal reasons, all that sort of stuff, that's, you know, potentially, I agree with that all that. He's, he could be in big trouble. But every time they get into this area of we did not stand up for the Ukrainians against Russia, please give me a freaking break. They were begging for help for years under the Obama administration, and we didn't give them any help. Right. And the media didn't care about it at all. Yeah. Yesterday, again, I was watching the cable news shows on MSNBC, and the number of times Chris Matthews talks about those poor Ukrainians fighting for their lives. You weren't talking about the poor Ukrainians fighting for their lives when Obama was not giving them help. Right. Right. Now, the reason Trump wasn't giving them help, that's a different question. That's that's where you get into the... the but. The, Quit acting like that bothers you. It's right. so it's so disingenuous. Right, that's useful context because Trump finally said, "No, no, no, no. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to give him guns to shoot at Russians, to shoot at Putin, who I'm supposed to be in bed with." By the way, that's I love that move. I love it. Then he said, "Yeah, maybe it'll be held up until you announce you're investigating this." I don't love that, but the greater context is Trump doing something incredibly 
offensive to Vladimir Putin and getting zero credit for it. And then if it wasn't done in the right way, and I'm telling you, I'm here as a guy who supports Trump. I don't think he did it in the right way. But the fact that it wasn't done in the right way, suddenly that's a greater outrage than not doing it at all and the rest of it. It's just there's so much bull crap in D.C. It's uh, it's it's a wonder you can drive the streets. So I feel like we've got the gist of the uh, the, the Democrats council going after the people. I want to hear the Republicans how are they going to counter this? What is their cross-examination going to be? There's some speculation that it's going to be about discrediting the witnesses and that that could have a bad look. Would that work or not? I think you need to be careful. I'd say you would. Um, are you going to make these people look like liars or chumps or cheats or, or partisans or whatever? Is that what you're going right. to try to do? I don't know. Right. You know, it's funny. On the surface, the news analyst in me wants to point out that w- what they'll do is say the president decides what foreign policy is. That's what he is supposed to do. He conducts diplomacy. Um, and the State Department is his State Department. It's part of the executive branch. Maybe you're all butthurt that he wasn't following your plan, but sorry. Maybe you didn't think investigating the Bidens was worth holding up the uh, aid, but he did, and he's in charge of it. You know, and that's a that's a fairly legitimate strategy to take because you're trying to sway the American people. Um, I'd also point out, though, that just as a voter and a guy with friends and the rest of it, a huge percentage of trump supporters know he goes off on these directions and then his people run rain him in or he forgets about it and ukraine gets their aid and we all go on with our lives they bake that in they understand trump is impulsive like that they get it they don't care they want him in office if you get next hour of the show we'll hear the republicans response to this interviewing the same guys and trying to spin it their direction, and I'll be interested to hear what their tact's going to be. Yeah, or just grab the podcast anytime, uh, armstrongandgetty.com.